Shopify Masters is powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. To get an extended 30-day trial, visit shopify.com slash masters. When people attack their friend, when they feel like it's important enough that you feel like you want to attack someone, then I think it's always some good content. Hey, my name is Felix. I'm the host of Shopify Masters. Each week, we learn the keys to success from e-commerce experts and entrepreneurs like you. In this episode, you'll learn how to repurpose viral content for your brand, the most important metric to look at to measure engagement, and how to hire and train someone to run your social media. Today, I am joined by Audrey from Wholesome Culture. Wholesome Culture is a clothing company with an ambitious mission to inspire better, healthier, and meatless lifestyles around the world. It was started in 2016 and based out of Montreal. Welcome, Audrey. Hey, Felix. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about the beginning of this business. Because we talked a little bit offline, talked a little bit through emails about how it didn't start off the way that I described the company. It started somewhere else. So talk to us about the beginning. Take us back to the beginning and tell us what you began with and where you ended up today. Sure. Um, so basically, I started doing, uh, well, trying to create vegan protein because, um, so I've been vegan for a while, vegetarian for years. And recently, I turned into more the vegan side of this whole thing. And I was like, okay, it's pretty hard to find uh, like vegan protein and protein that's actually really simple to use, not to like process food and everything. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. And then um, back then, well, I've been working in marketing for um, two years now. So I kind of knew like good basics. Uh, although I still finished school last year, so I've been working while going to school, right? And so I kind of knew the basics. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to make it happen while still working full-time uh, at the marketing agency I work right now. And so from there, I started the whole process for vegan protein. And back then it was in uh, around July and so I had a business partner that I met. Uh, this guy was in, based in New York. And so he was willing to help me a lot um, through all the process because he had experience with e-commerce. Uh, so from there, started the whole process. Uh, we pushed a lot, uh, tried to make the whole manufacturing of protein happen. Uh, it was pretty hard because there was a lot of researching, uh, trying to find the right ingredients, trying to find what's actually going to work, what's trending into vegan market, everything. And it's not, well, it's the kind of thing that, yes, you can test on a small scale, but it's really expensive when you don't have volume. Uh, so what happened is August, September, October, uh, we tried to really finish a product. But then what happened is we were in October and then we were waiting like to get the final product, like final samples really ready after I think like four samples. But then the more we went into it, the more it was getting expensive because every time you try a sample, it doesn't work. Then you need to like kind of add up hours of at, well, at the laboratory that we were uh, using. So at one point, it kind of became 
really, really expensive for one unit only. And I was like, I, I knew the price, um, like of the market and the margin and everything because I've been working with different clients since I already worked in a marketing agency. And so I was like, I feel like this just doesn't make sense anymore. And I was really, really tired about it. And it was really long. So my business partner was like, well, why we're waiting for the FDA approval anyway? Can you just start something else? Like let's start collecting emails. Let's start like making things move. So that way you kind of feel less depressed about the whole thing. And so he had uh, he had a printing, uh, like a clothing printing company. And so he was like, can you just make clothing? And then I was like, I like, I don't want to do clothing. Like I was like, why would I just do clothing? It's, it's not like I want to inspire people to be healthy and like live a healthy lifestyle. Like, I'm not sure this makes sense to me to sell to people like clothing at this point. And so it was like, I oh, just, just try it. Like you'll see. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I mean, I mean, why not? Let's, like at least collect email so that way we can have like a good little customer base for protein. And so it was early November and then uh, I did the design and then I created the website on Shopify. Uh, so I really tried to make it perfect. And at one point I was like, okay, whatever, let's just, just launch it this way. And that's okay. It's not perfect. And then kind of looked pretty bootstrapped and kind of weird. And then that's okay. Just, just going to do it, you know? So we're like mid-November at this point, And then I opened the Instagram. And at this point, uh, I opened for like a couple of design of shirts, uh, like maybe two or three. And then I start selling organically. It's like mid-November. And I'm like, what? This stuff is working. You know, when you get your first sale and you just mm-hmm. don't expect it because you were so convinced it would never work like the feeling of like having the first sale like i called my it's business like partner right? and i was yeah. it's like thank god after months of like trying to do something that wasn't working like i was just failing without even trying so it was like just go full on like i know you can do it and i was like well that's weird no i'm never gonna make it and I still remember that day he told me, I know you're going to make 5000 in sales by the end of this month. I was like, nah, it's impossible. Uh, it feels like it was such a big number, like an impossible number to reach. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see. And I was like, it's impossible. And I already knew how to use Facebook ads, so it kind of helped. But then I started uh, pushing ads just to see what happened. And then it started selling more. And I was like, okay, so this is actually like working. People actually want that. I'm like, wow. And from there, we started building such a strong community and like of people being super pumped about the vegan lifestyle, like the uh, just plant-based lifestyle, living a healthy, uh, as much as possible, cruelty-free living. And it really kind of blew up from there. Uh, that's that's the whole story, and now here we are. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's cool that you realize that um, while you are waiting for essentially your main product at that time to be ready, you decided to still build a community anyway. I think the the 
the, the a lot of people are in the uh, in this position where they're still trying to maybe wait for their product to be be completed in production, or maybe they're waiting for funds to start it, or maybe they're just waiting for to figure out what is their main idea, and then they want to do the same thing you you did, which is to build a community. But when you don't have a product yet, the main product yet, how do you even kind of build an audience or build a community around something that doesn't exist yet at that point? Yeah, so I think that like it's just about, there's so many ways to start pushing a product to people without actually having something. I mean, there's like Teespring that can really do design and like everything. Well, not design, I mean uh, T-shirt printing really quick. And so there's like this. I, I was lucky because, yes, my business partner at the time uh, already had this set up easily in New York, which did help. But I mean, everyone could have done this and I was selling organically. It was not even like ads. So like you can just go ahead, you like create your Facebook page and you create your Instagram page. And if you pass like three hours a night, even if you're working nine to five, because I have still worked nine to five and I was still working nine to five. And like, even if you pass like this three hours pushing content, trying to find good content, create some, uh, push Instagram pictures, you're going to sell organically. It's impossible that after like two weeks, if you pass three hours a night trying to push content to people that you and then try to turn it into like something that's going to make money, like you have at one point to have at least one organic sale. And once you have the sale, you're going to be so pumped that you're totally going to like keep pushing. And that's just the beginning. Mm, okay, so what when you were starting this other project and decided to pivot into this new one, did you could you reuse any of the the work that you had invested in the initial project, the initial product, or did you essentially have to start from from scratch? Uh, so yeah, I well, I started. I knew everything I was reading about like vegan or vegetarian or like LT lifestyle. I mean, I've been in the field for what well, it's it's just myself, you know, I'm not starting from like a market I don't know. But I mean, from all of this knowledge that I already knew, I kind of just picked whatever I I knew already and like whatever I found and just use content. I mean, it's really easy to find stuff on the web that is already viral and kind of make your own version of it. Right. So I think everyone can do that for any niche or market. And yeah, I think so. Can you say a little bit more about this? You said you it's easy to find something that's already viral and then create a product around that. Can you explain what you mean by that? And so like, I mean, more in the content side, like you don't have to push necessarily the product directly. Um, so at the beginning, I was showing the clothing, right? But then in all of this, my main focus was not to uh, sell the product. It was more to just push good content to people so that they feel like they want to buy from me. So create like more of a vibe around it and a lifestyle instead of trying to just be like, hey, can you buy this? So let's say, for instance, on my Facebook page, um, I was, pushing a vague like recipe video uh, that did help a lot because people share uh, videos and then they just love watching this kind of stuff. Or let's say funny quotes. Um, Cause you know, people say uh, that Facebook pages like 
the organic reach is, is dead. Like it's not mm-hmm. true. If you find good content to push, then from there people are gonna share it and you're gonna get a super good reach. And from there, once you have this whole share and this whole community that's building, you can start like pushing product because people are gonna search into your brand once they kind of see something they like from you. And it doesn't have to be a product at the beginning. And if you don't have like, let's say you don't have clothing, you could do it with like an ebook. I mean that everyone can do an ebook, like if you have like certain knowledge on, on a specific subject. So that's 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 what I mean. Is that clear? Got it. So you are you have a product, but you're just saying that you are not pushing that product or you're not solely pushing that product. You are also finding content that is going to get good engagement and then putting that out there. Now, talk to us about the, the breakdown then between or maybe maybe start start from the beginning and tell us how much of the the post, I guess the the post that you were you're putting on Instagram and Facebook, how much of it was content, how much of it was the your your actual product? So at the beginning, um, I was pushing like a lot of videos, maybe like 60% of like sharing good videos I could find that I liked. And uh, Instagram always, always been like way more pictures. And I was pushing uh, at least three pictures a day on Instagram plus like obviously adding hashtag and trying to really create a good vibe. But at the beginning, uh, it's really started on Instagram because when I was posting on Instagram, I would ask people, Oh, do you like the Like, would you like to see this product? Like, what do you think of that? Like, what would you like to see? And like, people would answer me in the comments, like four five, six people. And then from there, I would talk to those people and be like, Oh, like, would you buy this if you could like buy it? And they'll be like, Oh, sure. I want, I want to take a, take a pause here. So you are sharing all this content. So you're getting a lot of followers, a lot of engagement, a lot of people mm-hmm. are paying attention to what you have to say. And then now that you have this attention, the next step that you take is, are you posting like designs of your of t-shirts or designs of the clothing? And then just asking the audience, like, what do you guys think about this? Exactly. So from there, what I did is really ask people what, what they thought about that. Would they buy it? Uh, and really create like a relationship with the people that like, you have a really small, uh, like a small amount of people that follows you and that believe in, like start believing in you. Like, you, like I was putting myself out there and I was talking with them, uh, was like in the comments, uh, or like in the inbox, I would be like, just, Hey, so I, I really want to start this. Would you buy this? And people, once you ask, uh, what they would buy or if they would buy it, and then after you actually launch it, they're really excited for you and they actually want to help you and they, they really wanted this product because they asked you. So it, it did help a lot because from there it starts selling organically without even making ads and people start believing in you and you create the, this emotional kind of bond that really helped the whole brand. Got it. Yeah. So this sounds pretty, you know, straightforward. Of course, it sounds like a lot of work, but pretty straightforward. So I want, I want to break this down and focus on this a little bit more. Now, when you were building this audience, do you remember how long it? Well, how how many followers or how large of your how large of an audience did you build by the time you started testing out products? Um, I think I had around like maybe not even a thousand likes on Facebook page and 
around a thousand on Instagram, not more. Got it. So once you had about you know a thousand followers on on each platform, how long did it take you to to get to this point? Um. So yeah. So this was in November. Uh, to get to the point where I am. Let's get to the point where you, let's say you start with a brand new Facebook, a brand new Instagram page. I want oh, to give the audience an idea of how long it took you and maybe even tell us how much work that you put in on a daily basis to get to the point where you had about a thousand followers on each platform and to get to the point where you can kind of start asking them what they want to buy Got from it. you. So I'm really in life disciplined and really intense. So I would just get back home. Uh, go to the gym to pump me and then from <laughs> there from 7 to like 12 I would post an Instagram like I would just post an Instagram uh, post content on Facebook page or Instagram page and like so that took like I would do that like every night every single night and even the Friday night I wasn't like going party uh, even Saturday all day and Sunday for like maybe three weeks four weeks and then I had a good following after like three or four weeks because I was putting like so many hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of hours, but that's a pretty good, you know, turnaround. Like if someone came up to you and said that, hey, would you want to have a essentially a business built and ready to go by just investing a month of your time? It's a no brainer, right? Yeah, I think, I think exactly. it makes a lot of sense. It's honestly so like it's just about discipline because it's honestly, honestly, can't anyone would be able to just put those hours. It's just a low burner. Got it. So talk to us about your process then. So you come back from the gym, you sit down. How do you find content that's going to be engaging? What's your, walk us through your step-by-step of how to find the the kind of juicy content that gets people excited to to learn more or stick around and pay attention to your Instagram or pay attention to your Facebook page? Yeah, sure. So I did a training on that with my social media girl now, and she's like super awesome, better than me even. And so I'll like all we do it now is there's a couple of ways. First, I like going on Facebook search the bar and just uh, like the specific subject, like your your niche or anything, and I tap like the subject I want to see, and I search into the videos that there is on the Facebook uh, search bar, you know? Uh, does that make sense? It does. So you are focused. I think you mentioned that Instagram is all photos for you. On Facebook, it's 60% video. That's that's a pretty big chunk. You find that video is the best medium to get engagement versus like, you know, words or, or photos? Yeah, I love video for Facebook page and I love pictures uh, for Instagram. And so that, okay, so like there's this way on Facebook search bar. And then the second way, uh, Facebook groups. I love Facebook groups. So like you have this community of people usually, uh, and then you can find so much good stuff about them uh, with Facebook groups because there's almost groups for every every single niche out there, right? Um, so from there, I would just look at what's being shared, look at what people like, and if I could do the, my own version, uh, I would do my own version. Let's say it's a quote, uh, like a fun quote, then I would just try to do it myself, like the same way with adding my logo, or I would try to make it my own way, change it a little bit to make it more fun. Uh, try like the more I, I like the more I go, the more I would make it more 
or brand. So that is different. But at the beginning, it was a good starter, you know, to find stuff that's already there. Got it. So you're going to these Facebook groups uh, about your particular niche or your particular industry. And are you just looking, reading through, you know, browsing, reading through the different kind of posts and seeing what has the most comments, what has the most likes? Like, what are you gauging? What are you looking at? Or what kind of instructions do you give your, your assistant at this point to tell them how to understand which content is worth essentially repurposing for your own page? Yeah. So I really look at like the comments, like when people attack their friend, when they feel like it's important enough that you feel like you want to attack someone, then I think it's always some good content there because I mean, we love sharing with our friends, but for that, it needs to actually be really good. (laughs) So that's my, my key. When they do that, that essentially says that this is potentially viral content, right? Because it's someone that's actively sharing this piece of content. So if you put it on your page, then it could likely kick off some virality as well. Is that the line of thinking? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a really good way to find uh, good stuff. Got it. Cool. So Facebook uh, search, you said Facebook groups, any other kind of sources that you use to find engaging content? Yeah, totally. So there's obviously uh, Tumblr. Uh, that's pretty good to find some stuff. Uh, good quotes, good pictures, funny stuff. Um, and also, obviously, Pinterest. That's amazing. I love it. And sometimes I do some Google search, too. And that's also... Oh, and the trending section in the Instagram and the hashtag on Instagram that helped me find... Uh, what people have been putting on their Instagram and look at what's been uh, what's being shared on Instagram too. Got it. Now, do you when you do all this, it sounds like there's just so many sources, so many places to tap for content. You should never really kind of run dry. But is there this? Is do you have any fear of posting too much? Like how many how many times are you posting on Facebook on your Facebook page? How many times are you posting on your Instagram page at this point? Uh, so with posting. I was trying to post at least two or three times a day for the Facebook page. And for the Instagram, I always at least post three times a day because people don't get much tired of um, Instagram. Like when you scroll, it's not annoying if it's different pictures. Uh, As for Facebook, sometimes, I don't know, I find it a bit more annoying when I see someone often coming back in my feed if I don't want to see that person. But if you're on Instagram, then it's kind of different because if it's content you like and you're following intentionally that person, then you don't really mind. So three times is great. Yeah, that's a good point that you kind of have not necessarily lower expectations, but you have a higher threshold for to tolerate on Instagram versus on Facebook. Facebook is maybe more intimate and people don't want to be, you know, essentially gets mm-hmm. bothered so much, but that's a great observation because I feel that way for sure. And I didn't really think about it until you put it that way, but I can certainly see why you might want to curb your, your, the amount of posting on, on Facebook versus on Instagram. And also like, let's say when you think about Facebook pay, uh, Facebook feed, uh, that's why I'm also posting more videos because you really want it to be integrated into the user uh, user journey because it's two different channels completely. And Facebook, you don't feel like being interrupted. 
Although Instagram, you're intentionally going to scroll and look at pictures. So it's, it's two different channels. Can you say a little bit more about that? You're, you're saying that video is just a more natural uh, kind of content for, for Facebook? Yeah, so I found it less annoying, less um, interrupting the user for Facebook feed because Facebook feed, if you're looking at videos, then they're going to show you another video and like you stop and then you look at it and you like it. And it's more a bit, um, it's, it's less disturbing, I feel, because you just mm-hmm. stop and you want to watch it and it's just fun for you. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. because like you're saying that, it, you know, I, think, I think what you're saying where you are, let's say on your phone and you're looking at a particular video, the video finishes and it essentially starts the next one. And because most people are already in the mindset of watching a video, they're not going to be disturbed by essentially your content because they're already in the mood to watch videos. Exactly. Got it. Cool. So do you, when you're posting on, on your Facebook page, I think probably Facebook specifically, and you are also of course trying to, to sell your products. Do you worry about your kind of viral content burying the, the products that post or the product videos or product images that, that you're posting? Uh, no, because I do remarketing with my Facebook ads. So I know that they're going to see my product at one point. Uh, I also push my product, um, enough on Instagram so that I know that people still see it. So usually it's not too much of a problem. And it just reminds, like when we publish content that like, let's say it's not product related. Uh, I think it's really still good because it always reminds the brand and what we are about and what we're trying to share as a vibe. So, Yeah, that, that's a good point about how when you are sharing content that's not directly tied to your, your business, it's a good reminder. Are there any tips or, or techniques that you use to tie your, your brand into the, the, the content? Like, are you just writing something in the description? Or are you writing something in the comments? Like, how do you make sure that the audience that consumes this content remembers that it's from you? Yeah, so I try to, like, I used to do it myself, um, answering every single comment and thanking people. Uh, just that, uh, it's like, now I don't do it myself. I've hired my customer service manager, which she is freaking amazing. But every single comment on my page is answered uh, within 24 hours, usually, because you cannot value the emotional bound that you're going to create with someone. You cannot put like dollar sign on like answering the comment of someone. But I know that when I answer someone, they're going to remind me way more than this brand that they commented on it and never got any answers. So I think that's the best way is to treat each person that interact with your brand like as a future potential customer and also as someone you care about. Got it. Now, other than coming in and answering these comments, are you, are you like um, placing any watermarks? Like how do you make sure that they do, or do you care to do that where you make sure that there's an easy way for them to essentially click over or, or type in your, your brand name to get to the, to the, to your website? Yeah. Uh, totally watermark. 
beside that, I don't put the URL of our website when we share quotes like that because I don't want to be too pushy, mm -hmm. uh, too annoying. The other thing we do sometimes when it's our own quotes that were created, uh, we tie the product um, in the, the quote so that this way people can still go to the website easily. Mm, can you give an example of that? So, you know, when uh, you do product tagging, like when you have a product feed, mm -hmm. you can tag the product. So sometime I'll just going to tag the product, even if it's only a quote, so that this way people can go more easily on the website. So is that the new feature where you can essentially see the different products almost underneath the, the, the posts, mm -hmm. the images? Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. That's that's a good technique. So, uh, talk to us a little about this. How do you? Uh, this is a relatively new, I guess, way of uh, advertising. Any tips or tricks on how to get the most use out of this this new, I guess, ad format on Facebook? I really, I really love posting customer picture, just tagging product, and just like your customer are going to post amazing content. So everyone should use that content. And now with that feature, you can tie the product into that content, which makes it so easy for people to go to your website and buy from there. So you can just take the, like the post of your customer picture and the product tag, and you just make an ad with it and push it to, to like either a remarketing list or either a completely new people. So I think it, this is just an amazing way to, to just advertise, honestly. Mm -hmm. Now, because you've had success both on the Facebook page and the Instagram page, I have to ask, you know, if someone out there doesn't have the time to focus on both and you were put in this situation where you had to choose to keep one or the other, which one would be more important to your business, Instagram or, or a Facebook page? Honestly, um, well, to me, I would, like I would answer Instagram, but honestly, I think that if you don't have the time, uh, the most expensive thing to be would be to stop doing one, like choosing one. That's the most expensive thing to do because you should hire someone mm -hmm. to help you if mm -hmm. you don't have time. Because that person is an investment and that person is going to make you money if you keep pushing that other channel. Great point. So let's talk about that because you've clearly done a great job outsourcing and hiring people and delegating uh, your business so that you can get to the point of scaling a business to, to, to this size and still hold a, hold a job. What's your yeah. process for training or what's your process for hiring someone for this, specifically for this role of essentially social media, hiring someone for this role and how do you train them? Uh, so at the beginning, well, I'll, I'll just go with the story of why I hired people first, because I think it's so, so, so important for people who listen to us, um, because it was the only thing that allowed me to be able to scale the business and why I was able, like why I had to hire people is in December, um, I was starting being like so overwhelmed. And so in a bad mood because I would come back home and answer emails until like 1 a.m. And then wake up at 8, uh, at 7, go to work at 8, and then come back, answer people. It was just like crazy. And then at one point, I think if you want to scale your business, you have to be able to uh, map how you would hire people. Like write it 
on a sheet, like what would be your requirement and how you would explain them what you're currently doing. And once you map this on a paper and then you know how, like what's your own process, then you can teach the person your process. So to come back to your question, like how I hire social media person is, so I've been mapping everything I was doing and how I was thinking and I wrote everything on a, uh, on a sheet. And from there, I, I looked on um, Upwork or any freelance, source, uh, freelance uh, website and I tried to find someone that did not have that much experience, just a bit, just enough to like she knows the basics. I was like, I'm going to teach her like my way of doing it. And I'm sure that person is going to be so amazing because she's going to be like super grateful because I'm teaching her something and she becomes freaking amazing at what I'm teaching her. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, you know, like you, like you mentioned earlier, your, your employees now are better than you are at these different roles mm-hmm. that you've given them. But I, I can imagine that they probably weren't as good as you when they first started because they were just learning. How do you kind of course correct and make sure that they are developing or they're learning and getting to a point where they are better than you at the tax task that you were doing previously? So uh, first of all, at the beginning, uh, you need to follow up really closely with them uh, teach them really, really closely, see what they're doing. Uh, people make mistakes, like they have to make mistakes to learn and you need to really watch that closely to explain them what they're not doing right and how they can do it right. Um, the other thing is important is you can buy so many classes for so cheap now, uh, either it's on UDMI or like either on uh, the other website. I don't remember the one that LinkedIn created uh I don't know. They have so many courses. So those courses can be very valuable. Uh, like it's like five bucks and then you pay them to watch these courses that you don't have to watch, that, that you don't have time to watch or anything. So that person from there can take the knowledge that you paid her to learn and she can just apply it to your business. I think you're probably talking about Linda. Is that correct? L-Y-N-D-A for for LinkedIn uh, company. Mm-hmm. So you're buying courses and having them, having your, your essentially your employees take them and essentially you you kind of don't have to spend the time to learn it yourself. You can have someone that you've hired learn how to become an expert yeah. on something. Mm-hmm. Got it. Definitely. Um, one mistake though I made was that I would suggest people to not make <laughs> is sometimes I kind of got too busy and I would just, they would ask me questions and I would take a lot of time to answer. And I think it's some something that uh, no one should do. Like You should always answer quickly when your employees have questions for you because if they're asking you, it's because they don't know what to do and they need your help and you need to be there for them even if you have other priorities. And so nowadays when your employee has a question, like it becomes your top priority? Yes, like I'm going to answer within like three hours max. 
Got it. And it, it it's like essentially your dollar too that's going, your your money that's going to waste too, especially if they're blocked or stuck on something. And I think yeah. as someone that's running a business and has employees, probably your most important job is to make sure that nobody is blocked on anything. Make sure everyone has what they need. They can do what they need to do. They have everything they need to do their job. Otherwise, like you're essentially clogging up the entire system by not my, by not doing your job essentially. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, speaking of, you know, scaling your business, hiring employees and everything, can you give us a sense of how large the business has grown, like revenues, whatever you can share about how successful you've built this business? Uh, yeah. So we went from like, uh, like a couple of thousand only like in November to like up to like six, six figures in sales now. That's amazing. So as you are going through this process of growing the business this large, like what's next? Do you ever have the intention of returning back to the protein uh, business? Like, do you want to introduce that back into, to, into the, the current brand? Uh, honestly, it's still in my mind. It bothers me. It's not done, <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking about it, but I'll see where that goes. Um, I would also like to, um, start doing more outside events related to my my people, like mm-hmm. let's say events, uh, festivals, and everything. I think that's a good way to connect with people, like with people in real life. So I'll see what happens with that. Very cool. Now you mentioned that you use Facebook groups for getting content. So you, of course, spend a lot of time on the Facebook page. Any thoughts on whether you should start a Facebook group or a Facebook page when you are trying to grow a community? Oh yeah, I think everyone should just try to do it as much as possible. Like both of them are great tools uh, that everyone can use. Facebook groups are so great because you really connect with people and you can also relate that to your page. So you can use both together uh, kind of in link. So let's say you have a page about a specific niche. Uh, let's say, I don't know, people are talking often about uh, like, let's say fitness. So you have your fitness page, but you also have your fitness group uh, that actually bring value to people like fitness advices, um, everything like that so that really helps people to feel more your brand and the lifestyle you're trying to uh show got it now do you have both at this time or is your focus specifically on the page so right now i do have a facebook group but i wish we would use it more because i just did not focus so much on that lately (laughs) now i think one of the big i think kind of uh issues i guess when people have both of these a facebook page and a facebook group is how to get them to work together right let's say you have a piece of content that you found that can do super well with your audience do you post that to the page do you post it to the group do you post it to both like how do you determine where the content goes specifically on facebook i think you can definitely post content on both but what you also need to make sure is that people in the group feel like they're having uh, VIP stuff. Um, not only what they can find everywhere, but stuff that they cannot find. Um, whether it's like really awesome, like original recipe of like food, or whether it's just um, specific tips or advices from a professional, like 
really adding value because that's what people want, right? So when you're in the Facebook group, you want to find value. So I think that's where people should put their energy on. Got it. So if you did have both, is it fair to say that maybe your top tier content should go to the group and I guess you can call the secondary content goes to the page? Yeah, or maybe create um, a challenge that makes it more fun too and more uh, community if you want. Mm, create some kind of challenge, a 30-day challenge yeah. or something in the, mm-hmm. the Facebook group. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, when you were, you mentioned that one of the techniques you use early on to determine what to sell is just to go around asking, posting essentially designs that you you had created and asking people if they would buy it. Did anyone ever say, no, I'm not interested in this? Like what kind of feed, critical, I guess, um, critical feedback did you get on the, the kind of products that you wanted to put out? Yeah, well, sometimes people, usually people are really, really nice. So they're not going to really tell you, yeah. no, this is uh, not good. But there's two things that you can consider. And that is one, sometimes people are going to tell you, oh, I would rather see this on that specific type of shirt instead. Or, oh, I would rather see that on a tank top or on the, like, whatever specific object. So that gives you a good kind of uh, idea of like where you should maybe put that instead or sometimes they tell you uh yeah this is too big this like maybe it should be more aligned so that's good advice but the second thing you should consider is you're going to see it if you post a really good product and then a, like not so good one you're going to see the engagement is lower compared to when you had a really good one so you have to test a lot to and start knowing your audience. Got it. So, so you'd have to almost know that there are going to be some essentially failures, right? Things that you post and then it's going to get terrible engagement and you learn from from that? Yeah, or worst case scenario, um, you can do pre-sale. So if you do a pre-sale, you'd be like, oh, this is a pre-sale price. We only have a certain amount of units. Uh, and so if, one, no one's buy, then your test is done. Like, this is not a winner one. And if, like, a couple of people buy, then you know it's a winner. So, Got it. Now, you mentioned that you are doing things like remarketing on Facebook. Uh, I see some kind of cool application that you have on the site, too. There's notification pop-up. Talk to us a little bit about the kind of technology that you use to help you run the, the business. What kind of apps or software do you use to to help uh, market the business? Uh, you mean in terms of uh, like apps in general? Yeah, apps in general, whether it be on Shopify or outside Shopify. What kind of uh, apps or tools do you use to to run the business? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I like a lot Canva.com to create a nice visual, nice graphics easily for my social media. Uh, my social media girl use it a lot, and I think it's great. Um, the second tool I use the most is Google Drive. Honestly, the most simple stuff on the planet, but uh, for the returns or for the pictures, anything, I think it's just a great tool. Um, the other thing... In terms of Shopify apps, I really like um, Lime, Lime, LimeSpot uh, to upsell product. I think it's really good. I, I also use, obviously, MailChimp, um, amazing, to do email marketing. And the last thing I've been using lately 
is Recart uh, from my friend Soma. I really like the whole app uh, because it basically automates your abandoned cart. Um, so the way it works is it automates everything in like a second. So you just add the app and then from there, uh, the app also can push notification to your customer when they abandon their card. And it also sends three emails for, for that. So it's pretty good. And the other great thing is it keeps, uh, it can see the emails even if they don't submit the, the form. So I, that really helped me because I'm not really owning the email marketing yet. So I like to have some tools to help me with that. Got it. And I saw something interesting when I went onto your site too, where it says uh, Wholesome Culture would like to send you notifications. Uh, you'll be notified uh, about the latest sales and discounts and has an, uh, basically an allow or don't allow button. What does that do? Like, What is that software that you use for that and how does it work? That's exactly it. So Recart uh, does that at the same time for a bend on card. So this is, uh, yeah, that, that's the app. Uh, it, so it's called R-E-C-A-R and it just it just included in the whole abandoned card process so it, it even reminds people when they forgot their card with push notification and they didn't launch yet the promotion campaign uh like push notification promotion campaign if that makes sense uh so it's in the process but they're doing a really great job and i'm really happy to encourage them so that's good Cool. Yeah. So we'll link all that in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Audrey. So wholesomeculture.com is the website. Uh, what's next? Like, what do you have planned for, for the next year? Like, how do you, how much more do you want to scale this business and what do you have plans to, what do you have planned to do so? Well, uh, building an empire and uh, just making sure everyone get, can get uh, all the product creative free they can. Uh, so whether it's like cosmetics or anything else, so hopefully we'll make this happen. Awesome. Thank you again so much for your time, Audrey. Thank you, Felix. Here's a sneak peek for what's in store in the next Shopify Masters episode. It takes seven plus times before they actually build trust in you enough to part with their hard-earned money. Thanks for listening to Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. To start your store today, visit shopify.com slash masters to claim your extended 30-day free trial. Also, for this episode's show notes, head over to shopify.com slash blog.